I'm your host, Lindsay, for today's episode of SC Leadership Podcast. Joining me are Herb Brooks experts, Casey, our captain, Damien, our left-hand man, and Alex, our right-hand man. And we are Springfield's finest. Thank, thank you, thank you. So we're going to start off with a little bit of background on Herb Brooks. So he was born in August 5th, 1937. He grew up in a modest area where he won the championship in high school, where he had his first taste of winning at 18. And then he went on to play in the University of Minnesota, where he then transitioned to play for the U.S. National and Olympic teams. Unfortunately, he was cut right before the Olympics, and then that team went on and he got to see them win. So that drove him to want to win gold even more now that he almost had that chance. So he played the next two Olympic Games, and unfortunately, he did not win. So he went back and water at Minnesota University, and he played, or he coached, there and that's where he started yeah that's cool to mention i think we should also mention too that i think he won at least one or two national championships at the university of minnesota so i think he really he really played a vital role in in that program in building that program um i think it's also should be noted that he created i believe st cloud state university in their hockey program who was just in the national championship this year so that's a big honor for him and his legacy as well and i think a great thing to mention i think that coach also took up herb brooks's legacy and kind of a lot of his styles of just bringing the best players together regardless of of talent he was just he was looking for the right people not not the best players so i think that I think we'll get to that in a little bit, but I think that that's a huge testament to her books himself. Yeah, to go off of that, um, like picking the miracle team, he definitely didn't like play favorites to those players who played in Minnesota and like definitely picked the right players all around, even if they were from Boston or out east. I agree. Yeah, he, didn't, he didn't care about those interpersonal challenges. He uh, he made sure that he took care of those and players took care of those on the ice themselves. He never really got too much involved in that. Casey, I got a question for you. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but do you know why uh, Herb Brooks got cut from the 1960 Olympic team? Um, I am not sure. Um, I'm pretty sure he was an alternate, and they didn't end up needing him. Oh, okay. So I think I think and it references this in the movie, but I think he was he was that twenty that twenty first member. They team can carry twenty, I believe, and I think he was he was number twenty one. He was just that. He wasn't good enough to be in that top 20, so. And unfortunately, but, uh, he uh, saw the team play and went on goal, though he had to watch it from the coach. Damien, tell, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, his leadership style. What, why, why are we focusing on him today? All right, so yeah, I'll talk a little bit about his leadership style and also about his, his uh, four main coaching philosophies I found. So, um Number one in his coaching philosophy is that people don't remember how you fail, but they remember how you respond. And so that's also like a big thing that Coach C preaches at Springfield. It's like everybody fails. You're not going to always be that guy, be that winner, but it's how you respond to that, um, to that moment. Um, when, you, when you hit adversity, you either get better or you get worse. You never be the same. You're never complacent. And I think that's like a huge thing like how people respond that truly like reveals your character once you hit adversity or something doesn't go your way it truly shows who you are and how you respond to that situation um the second one i found is do not worry about losing or winning focus on being the best version of yourself at that moment so 
once you you truly figure yourself out, know who you are, and become the best version of yourself, um, you know, winning will be an intangible thing. That like winning will come. Like, but once you actually like figure out your why and who you are, and that's where winning comes from. Um, yeah, I think that I think a lot could be said about that too. It's just everyday life too. I mean, you take that ever that that attitude into the everyday life and just be the best version of yourself you can right. be, and you know, you, you come out you're successful regardless of of the outcome. So I think that's a huge huge mantra we should all put on our shoulders day in and day out. I agree. Um, so the third one I found was uh, slow down to speed up. So pretty much what this means is um, if the team is doing well. This is when you push them even harder than before. Uh, but when things were not as well, he would pull back a little bit and let uh, the team figure it out for themselves. Um, by pushing them harder and when things went well, it was this opportunity to help them push past their limits through their uh, mental and physical capabilities. And when things were not going uh, as well, it was an opportunity to reset physically and mentally. And by also allowing the team to kind of figure out for themselves and, and confide in one another, try to solve the problem by themselves I think it adds more of like a team and cohesive component um, to that sort of thing. Something that's uh, just to butt in a little bit, but that's very interesting because like in the movie, especially like we can see them, like he made them skate after for like until the lights, like everyone left, the lights were out. Like that's interesting. He like pushed them even after a loss, but then like even pushed them harder when they were winning. And so the, uh, the last one I found was build your team around value systems. We kind of already touched it touched upon this um but once he was going through that um that trial trying to find the players for that 1980 olympic team he wasn't necessarily looking for the best talent out there on the ice he was looking for players who can fit into a system correctly because he wanted to play a totally different type of hockey than they're accustomed to i think he said he wants to run a more european adopt a more european and canadian style of, of hockey so he wanted to find those players who were able to adapt uh to that type of different style. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I guess, I guess it's 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 a big thing these days to not be able to be um, kind of set in your way to be able to adapt to other styles. I mean, you see these other coaches come in from different other places, whether it's soccer, whether it's football, whether it's basketball. You know, these coaches bring whatever style or whatever leadership they had from these other places and bring it in. You see them win and and build uh, build dynasties. So it's you know, you got to adapt or else you're going to sink. Yeah, he wanted to find those players who can truly, like, buy into his program, buy into his culture. Because he knew if he could find those correct players, that would be a championship caliber team. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, uh, you know, personally, if I was to define his leadership style, I would say authoritative just because the way he would push them past their, past their limits, you know, physically and mentally. And I think a good quote in the movie was um, – you know, if you want a friend, either talk to the assistant coach or talk to Doc. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your coach. So I think that speaks volumes of how we just perceived um, his leadership and coaching style within that team. I love yeah, that, quote. that too. <laughs> to go off that too, you know, he had that team wrapped around his finger. Um, I think one big thing to note was he gave him all psychology exam. Did he give him the psychology exam to actually? to actually see their mental status no no he, he did that to see who was going to do what he said who was going to be there when when the going got tough and and that just shows how much they believed in him um and he and he had he had a little argument with uh jim craig the goalie it was like 
you know, are you mad because I didn't take your test, Craig said. And he goes, no, I want, I want the guy in that who didn't take the test. I want the guy in that who's going to show me that he's mentally there. Um, mm. so. so next we're going to like kind of play a clip from a movie that it's mainly like his speech right before the um, game against the Soviet Union, just to like show a little bit about like his leadership style. Great moments are born great opportunity and that's what you have here tonight boys that's what you've earned here tonight one game if we played them ten times they might win nine not this game not Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I mean, if that doesn't make you want to run through a wall, I don't know what will. I was just gonna say, I've, never, I've never played hockey in my life that makes me want to run through a brick wall so bad. Uh, like, really you, I mean, I mean, you hear that, you get the chills. Um, you know, th- there's no better way than how how Herb Brooks really took this team under his wing. Um, you know, he, he had those setbacks himself, and and he didn't want he didn't want this team to face the same thing he did. You know, he didn't want this team to to be at the Olympics and not win. Um, but uh, you know, he put, he put together the best team he, he possibly could, no matter who the player was. You know, he didn't he didn't care where you're from. He didn't care your skill level. If you were gonna work for him for 60 full minutes on that ice. He didn't care. Um, you know, he had guys play through injuries. They just wanted to play. They were playing the game they loved, um, but they want, they would do anything. They would take a bullet for this guy just because of the coaching style and what he brought to him, um, you know, through the, but he never got caught up in, in the outside world of it too. He focused on hockey and hockey only. Um, there was, there was a, a moment in the movie where him and his wife, Patty, were sitting on a bench. He was telling them about the, the telegrams he's been getting from, from fans. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. It's just a hot, like, it's just another hockey game. Like I'm not going to get caught up in that. Um, so, you know, her Brooks just demonstrates exceptional leadership on and off the ice. Um, they would have their press conferences and he, he would take the press conferences and they'd be like, well, when can I talk to the players? Like uh, this team isn't, this team isn't about just one specific player. He goes, and the uh, reporters were like, well, you're up here talking. He goes, well, guess I got to leave then. <laughs> so, um, just, just any, anything that Herb Brooks had, had, had touched turned into gold almost. So 
what an amazing man he was. Um, R.I.P. Also, to add on to this, like, he definitely, like, didn't just bring them as, like, a team. Like, they brought, like, he made them, like, a family. And there was, like, a part that the horse specifically, like, in Miracle, only because, like, that's, like, how we connect to this everything because we weren't alive back then but um and like in the movie like they brought in another player and like the cat like the then captain and like a couple of other players were like why did you bring him on like can you like send him away because they still had to make other cuts and they like the reason his reason like he asked for their reasoning and the reason was like because we're a family like he brought them together and definitely motivated them you know he he, he mentions this cannot be a team of, of common men. Um, and I think, I think we all should take that into our daily lives too and just realize that we, we just can't be common people. We have to be uncommon. We have to do the extraordinary, do what we can to, to do well for others. And I think he inspires all of us to do that. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great story. It's a great leader that we can all get behind regardless of whatever sport you ever you ever played, whether it's swimming, whether it's football, whether it's, you know, Lindsay yourself playing hockey, myself playing soccer, you know, us, us recognizing real, real talent and real leadership. He's certainly one of those. Yeah, I was just going to go around and ask everyone, like, Casey, Jamie, and Alex, do you think that, like, on, like, a, I don't know, like, good or bad, like, do you think, like, where on the scale do you think he would lay? I, I mean, I'd have to say good. I mean, you, there's only good outcomes. He won a couple of national championships. He he led him to the to the Olympic gold. Um, you know, there's probably countless other stories about him that we don't know about. So I think I think it's all team dependent. I think it's sport dependent. I think his his attitude in some other sports may not get him too far, but his attitude in in hockey and leading a hockey team certainly worked. Yeah, I think just the way he coached um, think- his, his style of coaching and just the philosophies he followed, they didn't waver. And by giving those kids those psychology exams, he knew exactly who he was bringing on the team and how far he can push them. Um, and I, I think just the way you coach directly, directly impacts how the players respond. You really need to know your players before you push something onto them. Um, and like Alex said, I mean, I've only heard good things about Herb Brooks, and he's won plenty of championships and a gold medal, and I think a silver medal too later on in the 90s or early 2000s, so um, I would have to rank him pretty high in, in coaching, for sure. Um, I think he was a great leader, really good. Um, uh, just how much he, like, demanded, like, respect and, like, showed power but didn't let it get to his head and really examined and made sure that all of his team had that respect for not only him but also for the sport and each other that was like really strong and really spoke to me about uh, how great of a leader he was. Yeah, I'd have to agree with all of you. Like he, like he definitely like his leadership definitely worked for like the players he had and he knew like when to push them and like if they needed it or not, which definitely made him a great leader. Agreed, agreed. So I believe this is the end of our episode. Thanks for listening.